0: Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging market executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools and data that help power their emerging markets business strategies. Today, we'll discuss the latest developments in Russia and the outlook for the market for the rest of 2016 and into 2017. My name is Marta Masagay and I'm a Client Relationship Director for EMEA here at our London office, and we'll be moderating today's podcast. Joining me for today's conversation is Mark McNamee, our Senior Analyst for Europe. As a reminder, this research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. So Mark, let's start by discussing what's been going on in Russia. It seems that with the U.S. elections around the corner, Brexit, and other issues in Western Europe, attention has shifted from Russia. What is the latest news?
1: Yeah, good. That's a good place to start off as uh, sort of an update on what's been going on. So around the corner are the Duma elections, the parliamentary elections, that will be taking place in the middle of September here this month. Um, and this will be really uh, somewhat of a test for the ruling United Russia Party. This is the party of Putin. Um, and this will be somewhat of a test insofar as, obviously, the economy has really struggled over the last two-plus years. And so this will really be uh, a bellwether, so to speak, of uh, where the, the ruling class stands politically and how maybe these, the economic effect has sort of spilled over into the, the political arena. Um, that said, we don't expect a severe change of, in, in the result compared to previous elections. United Russia is still the most popular party, though it, uh, fairly it has uh, seen support drop relatively recently in the last couple of months here. Uh, so they are using, losing some support, but there is no real strong opposition. Uh, very, very little support for any pro-Western type uh, liberal parties. Um, and uh, the only parties that enjoy any support aside from United Russia aren't really significant real contenders, uh, with the exception of the Communist Party, which enjoys uh, some support and is the, uh, enjoys the second most support in the country after United Russia. And they have seen some gains in support uh, in recent months, primarily due to the, the economic downturn that Russia has been going through.
0: And what about Putin's popularity himself?
1: Right. So uh, interestingly, uh, particularly to Western observers who who would assume that the president himself would take sort of the the brunt of the blame for the economic downturn that we've seen. uh, Actually, Putin has has enjoyed very strong support, over 80 percent still, really since uh, the beginning of 2014, when his popularity is really boosted by the conflict in Ukraine and Crimea being absorbed into Russia. Um, Since that time, he's only seen his popularity remain very stable at very high levels. Uh, He's done a very good job of consolidating his control uh, within the government apparatus, uh, stabilizing the country, which is precisely what the people want. So, even though he's not able to sort of continue to improve people's living standards and improve the economy, he has stabilized the country, and the people most definitely appreciate that and prize that really above all else. For the most part, to this point, people have been primarily blaming their local regional leaders. Uh, Deputy Prime Minister uh, Dmitry Medvedev, uh, the parliament itself. And so Putin has sort of avoided a lot of the blame for the country's uh, problems over the last couple of years. There will be presidential elections that are scheduled for March of 2018. Uh, So that'll be somewhat of a test for his popularity. But at this point, under current conditions, it is highly expected that he will uh, be reelected in 2018 uh, as he will continue to enjoy uh, strong support over the next a year and a half. Mm-hmm.
0: So going back to the economy, it's been quite some time since the major fall in energy prices. How uh, has the Russian economy performed lately?
1: They did struggle quite a lot. Fell The economy fell by about 4% in 2015. The recession has continued into this year. The economy uh, continued to contract in the first half of this year primarily since energy prices uh, have fallen so dramatically over the last two years. Uh, So H1 of this year, the first half of this year, saw a contraction of about 1%. However, we have seen some mild improvements. Uh, The second quarter in particular saw a little bit uh, of a a boost compared to the first quarter, due mostly to the uh, somewhat unexpected rise in energy prices. So that helped uh, stimulate government revenues to an extent and and helped lower uh, inflation. Uh, the ruble has also strengthened a bit against the dollar since the, the very low levels at the beginning of the year. Uh, inflation, as I mentioned, has come down from about 15% last year to around 7% in August of this year. So these are some decent signs uh, as we look forward. Now, also, industrial sectors have, have shown some signs of life again after uh, pretty significant contraction in 2015.
0: So uh, does this suggest that Russia is coming out of the recession and will start to grow again?
1: Well, not exactly. Unfortunately, we can't be that optimistic yet. Um, the other side of the story, uh, that the positive picture that I just presented, uh, is matched by sort of the continued trouble within the economy. So um, really what's keeping back growth, which will continue in the second half of this year and into 2017, is the, uh, the contraction in consumer spending. So consumer spending will we hope, start to grow a little bit next year, but in the second half of this year. So uh, looking forward, so October, November, December here in 2016, um, we expect retail sales to continue to contract as they have so far this year. Consumer spending and, and purchasing power to be very weak uh, and won't really recover until towards, likely towards the end of 2017. And this is primarily because the, the primary drivers of uh, consumer demand remain very weak. On the surface, unemployment looks relatively healthy, but that hides a lot of uh, sort of part-time workers, uh, long-term part-time workers in particular, uh, a lot of people who are on paid leave. Uh, We've seen real disposable incomes contracting a lot and getting worse each month so far this year. Uh, Consumer credit has fallen a lot this year. Consumer confidence remains very low. Uh, So this will take some time to recover and, and likely won't recover too significantly until towards the second half of 2017 or into 2018. That's sort of the consumption story. On the other side, what's a little bit more worrisome for the longer term and what we really see is limiting growth uh, when you're looking at 2018, 2019, 2020, uh, are the current drops in uh, investment levels. So we've seen both public and private investment really struggle the last several years, going back to really 2013 and 2014. Uh, the first half of this year, we saw continued pretty steep contraction in investment levels. So, of course, this will hurt business generation and employment levels going forward for the next several years.
0: Right. So what can we expect then uh, for the fourth quarter in 2016? What can our clients expect uh, in the coming months as we go into 2017?
1: Mm-hmm. And of course, this is really the question on all of our clients' minds—one we hear in conversations every day. Really, uh, when can we see that clear recovery for Russia? And in particular, they would like to dream of returns to growth that we saw in the 2000s. But unfortunately, that is not around the corner. And and none of these emerging markets that saw that wonderful growth that we saw in the mid-2000s, thanks to the very high commodity prices, China's growth, et cetera, uh, those trends are not going to be returning uh, in the near future. And there's there's nothing on the radar for that. But on the optimistic side, energy prices will rise uh, starting next year, rising by about 5 to $10 per barrel on average compared to the, the prices of 2016. Um, so we will see some growth uh, return next year, but it will be relatively limited. Only about, on average, about 2% growth through the end of this decade, so through 2020. And again, that longer term view is, is somewhat limited by the current drops in investments that we've seen over the last couple of years and, and in 2016. All that said, I I don't want to paint too ugly of a picture, of course. Uh, Russia still is a very appealing market. Uh, We speak with clients every day. None of the clients are considering exiting the market for any reason. Uh, They still see it as an appealing investment, of course, compared to Russia's own historical growth trends. Not quite as appealing as it had once been, but still there are a lot of things going for it. Compared to other emerging markets, frankly, it's not doing quite that bad, necessarily. Uh, several countries are doing worse. Nigeria will likely enter a recession this year and next year. Brazil has been in a steeper recession than Russia. Uh, you look at some other markets like Saudi Arabia or other markets in Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa that had been growing very strongly are now seeing much lower growth going forward for the next several years. So Russia is not alone by any means uh, when you look at uh, you know your portfolio globally speaking. And then domestically, the country has a very large population, over 140 million people. They've developed a very large, uh, resilient middle class over the last 10 to 15 years from all that very high growth that, that they enjoyed for all those years. Um, and and the, and the consumer mentality is, is very strong. Uh, they definitely want to increase their living standards. They want to live more like people in Western Europe. Uh, and so they have increased expectations of living standards and want to sort of get back to the, the days that they enjoyed in 2011 and 2012 and 2013 when when real incomes were were high and inflation was relatively low and oil prices were much higher. But that isn't necessarily around the corner in 2017. But down the road, three, four, five to 10 years from now, you will start to see returns to to growth and and, and a stronger market than we've seen over the last couple of years.
0: So with the prolonged slow growth that we're seeing, what can companies do to manage it?
1: Right. So I, I think it maybe has become clear. One, they, they really have to adjust expectations. Obviously, this is a, a different market than what they had, had been uh, operating in previously. So set continue to set conservative targets like they have for the last couple of years, with some optimism involved for, the, for going forward into 2018 in particular. Looking more specifically at operational issues, uh, try to catch those consumers that are, are, are continuing to trade down. Some of that purchasing power has become rather entrenched at lower levels, so focus more on, on your basic products in your portfolio. Uh, resist raising prices too fast. Inflation still remains relatively elevated. Consumers will remain pretty price sensitive throughout 2017. And also, on the other side, focusing more on cost-cutting. So revenues will improve, but still remain relatively moderate. So there are some, uh, some gains you can make to protect, to protect profitability by um, looking at your cost structure. In particular, we advise our clients to focus more on their channel, see where they can find efficiencies, particularly in relationships with their distributor, with, with the retail sector. We're, we're seeing a lot of consolidation amongst distributors and among, amongst retailers. Perhaps there's some efficiencies that can be found uh, in, in those relationships. In the more near future, uh, we definitely advise, particularly after these Duma elections here in September, to monitor very closely uh, some regulatory changes that could be coming, and in particular, some taxes uh, that will likely be implemented as, as the government is really struggling with revenues right now amid these low energy prices. So there's been a lot of discussions uh, in the Ministry of Economy and within Putin's circle and the Ministry of Economic Development about various taxes, increasing the personal income tax. Potentially increasing the corporate in, uh, income tax including in uh, increasing vat rates for example among other different uh, taxes on dividends to corporate from corporations to the um, to the government and more taxes on the energy sector so uh, several changes that could be coming and and in the very near future so something definitely that our clients should be should be alerted to
0: very interesting uh, thank you very much mark for sharing our view on the market uh, those are all uh, the questions I have for now. But as a reminder to our clients and those listening, you can speak with Mark or any of our FSG analysts by simply reaching out uh, to your client relationship director directly. Uh, you can also access FSG's reports on Russia or any of our markets uh, on our FSG portal. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.